Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team did not put an end to its losing streak on Saturday. It suffered its most lopsided loss in 85 years. We'll talk all about Michigan's woes against Wisconsin and what comes next for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Well, guys, despite what I said in the intro, the losing streak is over. We got one right. This podcast <laughs> accurately projected the outcome of a Michigan football game this season. Can't say we had a 38-point win for, for Wisconsin, though. My God, was that ugly on Saturday. And I want to point out, I did have them losing by 14, I think, in our predictions. So mm-hmm. I did think they were going to lose. That was my, what my gut told me. But again, like as I said last week, who know? I didn't really know how this game was going to turn out. But I think what we've seen through four games now is a stabilization of this program. Because after first loss to Michigan State, you're thinking, whoa, like what's going on here? They played so well week one, beat Minnesota. The offense actually looked like they had it together. Uh, and then they lose to Indiana. And it's like, okay, this team doesn't look very good. And now we've seen them play Wisconsin, and it's like it's confirmation. This team is not good. Their problems are on the board, and they've got a long way to go with four games, four games left in the season. No, I mean I, I think it's just it was almost it was hard for me at least. I won't speak for you too. It was hard for me to almost to pick a Michigan, a uh, Jim Harbaugh led Michigan team just to get blown out because it just hadn't happened. But yeah, at this point, you're you're delusional if you think this team is you know up there in the Big Ten. They they are they are absolutely not. Halfway through the season, they're one and three with, again, four games left, three three are winnable, but ball four are losable too. <laughs> oh, man, if you want to see the sky falling down, lose the Rutgers this week, and oh, boy. I, I said this to Zook in the press box after the game Saturday, that folks were calling this, you know, the the rock bottom, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan's program had, had, you know, had hit rock bottom. And I said, no, I said to Zook, no, a loss next week at Rutgers would be rock bottom. And for us to say that now uh, is like if coming into the season, if you had said, if you had said that Michigan would be in this position right now, one and three going into Rutgers with the possibility of losing, I would have said, you're crazy. Now, I don't think any of us thought this big Michigan team would have really had the chance to compete for a big 10 title this year, but I don't think any of us saw this start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the Nadir as Ryan Zook wrote in one of his stories, you know, it's, it's, it's the lowest point we've seen so far, but folks, it, it could get worse. I mean, when you hear Harbaugh talking about in his, you know, post-game press conference, everything will be evaluated. He's talking about, and he, he was talking, he specifically referenced meetings, walkthroughs, you know, nutrition, recovery. It's really hard to do that stuff in the middle of a season. Like that stuff needs to be put in place. Ideally, like when you take over a program, you tweak things, you adjust things, but that, that sounds like an overhaul. That sounds like something a new coach would come in and say, taking over a, a program that, you know, is, is, has a lot of, a lot of issues. So I don't know. When I heard that, that was yikes. And it's not like this is a bye week Michigan doesn't have a bye week this year. No. So it's not like you could have that extra week to work on, you know, whatever you need to work on. It's next opponent up. So like, it's not going to get any easier for them. And, and all that talk about, you know, nutrition and walkthroughs and things. I, I think there's a larger issue here. I, I, I Part of me thinks that, you know, the loss to Michigan State has changed the way some of these players look at this season. I don't want to say maybe they look at, I don't say a lost season, but the fact that they are not competitive, they came out Saturday and got trounced in every facet of the game tells me that there's 
there's concern there. I don't know if it's a lack of leadership. It's a lack of talent. It's the coaches have just given up on, on coaching, developing these, these guys. I don't know, but it, and that's what I think makes this, this situation for Michigan so dire is it's not just one thing. It's multiple things and it's all at once. Yeah, I don't think that the oneness that they preached before the season and how close this team was, I don't know if that is still still true today. I mean, it's, it looks they're pretty discontent in a lot of areas right now. And like you said, they don't have a bye week, but going into the season, I thought the Rutgers week would pretty essentially be a bye week. But uh, yeah, I, I think didn't Michigan only open up as a, they're not a double digit favorite, are they? I think they're it's what, nine points? It was nine, it's lowered, I think, yeah. to eight or eight and a half. You know, the other, the other thing that Harbaugh said that was troubling, you know, he said with, he said the coaching needs to get better because these are three words he, he used to describe what he saw out on the field from his players. Hesitation, confusion, and miscommunication. Those are not things you want to see from your team ever, but especially several games into the season, especially in the sixth year of your tenure at a school, especially at a place like Michigan. Yeah, that was, that was troubling to see to him to hear him talk about how, you know, the players don't seem to be confident in, in what they're supposed to be doing. No. And it, it looked that way. If you can start the quarterback position, you know, Joe Milton has, I think regressed the last three, three weeks. He looked again, uncomfortable in the pocket on Saturday. I think part of that is obviously due to the reshuffled offensive line and, and Wisconsin kind of stacking the box and, and blitzing as much as they did. But you saw early on, I mean, Joe Milton, was forcing things that first interception. I thought he forced the, the pass into Nick Eubanks. Now you can make the argument that Nick probably should have caught that ball. Um, but he was in a position where if that ball gets deflected or bounced up, it's going to get intercepted. And that's what happened. And then the second interception is just, it was the worst interception I've seen. in I don't even know how long at any level, like the, it wasn't even like he, even if he saw, saw his receiver and that pass wouldn't even have made it to him either. He threw it directly to the, uh, the Wisconsin linebacker. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that was egregious. It was he didn't see him. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. I mean, he he had one similar against Indiana. Um, you know, but this was this was worse for sure. But you know, the good quarterbacks make it look easy or whatever. But if you're if your head's spinning out there, um, yeah, you're you're not seeing guys. You're you're seeing ghosts that you know aren't there, and you just you lock in on a guy, and and you know that wasn't the guy defending his intended target. That was just, you know, a, a different player that had just sort of, uh, you know, drifted into that space. So uh, yeah, it was troubling. And it, I think it rattled the, the confidence of the offense. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. get their, they didn't get a first down until midway through this, the second quarter. They couldn't put together a drive. They struggled to establish the run game as we've seen now for a couple of weeks in a row. Uh, it was similar issues. I mean, they, they tried again, Josh Gass has been doing this for a few weeks. Now you're trying to get, trying to get stuff going on the outside in the perimeter with the receivers. They couldn't do it. They tried to get Blake Corum some carries. He couldn't go anywhere. So and before Michigan couldn't do it, they were down 14 and then, and then 21, nothing without anything to show for an offensively. Down 21, nothing with one yard of offense. <laughs> yeah. Literally nothing uh, to show for it. Yeah. I, I want to get your guys take on this because, you know, I heard, I heard, comments about um you know the body language of the players on the field and and effort i mean there was you know the four play uh drive for wisconsin for their i think it was for maybe it's for their final points or maybe it was to get to 42 i can't even remember now those, those last two touchdown drives so honestly both of them like sort of just the tackling and and the effort it didn't look very very good for michigan defense but i don't know sometimes it just looks like bad effort when you're out of position or if you're not as fast or as strong as the opponent or i mean i don't think 
those latter issues are, are the reason that Michigan's struggling against Wisconsin. The talent there is favors Michigan, if anything. But I don't know. These things are questioned when you're winning, is my point. But it's worrisome that they're they're even creeping into the minds of observer of observers of, of the game. Yeah. It, it, look, it didn't help that Michigan came out of the gate in the second half, put together a decent drive, and they just settled for a field goal. Then they turn around and have to punt. So, like, Michigan's playing, you know, behind from the get-go. They're un- unable to sustain drives. And when they were, they couldn't put it in the end zone. I mean, they had that fourth and goal from the one, couldn't punch it in. Uh, and I think that wears on, the de- wears on the defense. I mean, they were on the field a ton. They couldn't score. They were giving up points, non- like, nonstop. So, like, if mm-hmm. I'm a player, like, you know, I see that, and it's like, why? You know, why am I going to give max effort at this point? We're getting killed, and I think it creeps into, into the psyche. I really do. Yeah, I mean that the Nikhil Watson ten-yard touchdown run, where he basically went right up the middle untouched. That's a little bit on effort too. You, that should never, never happen. Bet that far up in, in uh, on defense to, to just let a guy walk through you like that and basically, basically walk into the end zone. I mean, that's inexcusable. Through the middle of the line too. It wasn't yeah. like he like went outside and like there was an opening. It was he like literally bazed through the offensive line without getting touched. It was it was amazing. It's interesting to me that then you know after the game, it's like the game was so bad that it's these big picture questions about the program and 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 you know some of these other issues we're talking about. I mean, there were some specific things that I was you know curious about as far as you know Hassan Haskins only gets one carry. And uh, Ronnie Bell, not targeted, I don't think, in the first half. I mean, ends up as their leading receiver. But little things that you kind of, like, what was even going on with the with the personnel that they did have? I understand guys were out, but, you know, the guys that they, they did have, you, I'm not sure they were even used properly. Granted, we'll get Harbaugh again, you know, today, Monday afternoon. You know, you can follow up on those things then. But I don't know. It was just, uh, you kind of got used to the mediocrity of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you know, mediocrity for Michigan, not for most programs in the country would gladly take nine or 10 wins. They basically beat the Wisconsin's and Penn States and Notre Dame's of the world at home. They lost to them on the road, you know, couldn't beat Ohio state, but not many teams could in the whole country. That is what is what Michigan had become. Not so far this year. I mean, you're losing at home to Michigan state, uh, uncompetitive loss at Indiana, and then just a blowout loss to Wisconsin. I mean, the program is headed in the wrong direction. Is it not? No, I, I agree. I mean, as I said earlier, this team has regressed. I, it, and it's not like they started this way. Like, they played relatively well against Minnesota. Now, you can go back and look at that game and say, well, Minnesota isn't nearly as good as we thought they were. Their defense is atrocious. They've given up a ton of yards and points to other teams. But at least Michigan had, like, a, a, like a foundation to build from yes. and try and improve on. And it hasn't happened. It's gone the very opposite. Now, the opponent quality, I think, has gotten a little better. Michigan State still isn't great. I mean, they're one and three. They're still turning the ball over and everything else. Yet Michigan couldn't force any turnovers in Michigan State. They go on the road, lose to Indiana, and now and now this against a Wisconsin team that had not played in three weeks. So, yeah. this, the, yes, the program is heading in the wrong direction. The talk and questions and criticism of Jim Harbaugh is 100% warranted and will likely continue through the end of the year. Uh, it just becomes a matter of where where Michigan decides to go from here, I think. And those questions and 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 some of those answers, I think, will be answered on future will be uh, attempted to be answered on on a future episode of of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast this week. We'll we'll be talking specifically candidates to to potentially replace him. You know why Michigan. Uh, would or wouldn't keep Jim Harbaugh. I guess, you know, tease it by saying we've been talking about his contract. We don't see Michigan, you know, outright firing him, given that 
you know, they're not going to be paying two coaches during this time. At the same time, as Aaron and I think Ryan has, has mentioned throughout, you can't really have a coach that only has one year on his contract either. You can't go into that final year. It just doesn't happen in, in big time college sports for obvious reasons. Number one being recruiting. So Michigan's in a tricky spot here and we'll be, we'll be getting into that uh, more later in the week. Is there, is there anything else from this game specifically, you know, that you guys wanted to to point out? Yeah. I wanted him on the defense for a second. You know, they're, they're, they played a game. Obviously we knew about eight Hutchinson being out and definitely they were without Cody pay on, on Saturday. Who's who's injured. Uh, we're unsure of the severity at this point, how long he might be out, but you know, Michigan's defensive line, I thought really suffered on, on Saturday. They moved Carlo Kemp outside uh, they threw John Jeter in the start and obviously started Taylor Upshaw as we kind of suspected they would, uh, but they had trouble with the run game. I mean, Wisconsin made a point early on of getting out in the perimeter and getting outside and, and kind of rounding the, ed- the edge and, and they were able to do it without with, with ease. I mean, Michigan had trouble stopping them all game. And Wisconsin was, was missing two of their top running backs too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing receivers. They're doing it with the running backs. Uh, Fullbacks. Fullback, yeah, full late in the game, the fullback had a nice little what, 43 yard run. They just get they got whatever they wanted. So co- coming into this game, obviously the, the the talk was about the secondary, at least the talk on the defensive side of the ball was about yep. the secondary and not there to be able to cover. Well, Michigan's got two issues now. They can't stop the run on the outside and they can't stop the pass down the field. You know, Rutgers, we'll see how they can handle them. Rutgers, obviously, they have some athletes, they're not exactly the most talented guys in the world, but that speed has shown that it can kill Michigan's defense. And it's going to be a problem going forward. I don't know how long Quinny Pay is going to be out, like I said, but they need him back because if they don't get him back, it could be another similar situation Saturday against the Scarlet Knights. Interesting to watch for potential opt-outs too. I mean, I don't think that's really been happening uh, in other programs, but it's something I'm going to certainly look into to see if it is because it's happened in other places. It could potentially, you know, happen at Michigan, uh, you know, with a one and three season, if you're a, you know, NFL dra- draft prospect, you could see maybe uh opting out it probably wouldn't be a good look given that you know you started the season so you obviously you didn't have those COVID concerns and you know nothing's really changed on that front um, but you know it could happen for sure for me I think that the quarterback situation is going to be interesting to watch this mm-hmm. week I mean Cade McNamara couldn't have asked for a better first drive uh, when he came in in the third quarter uh, on Saturday and at this point I mean I think it, it's feasible to think that he might be I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose the rest of the season? Um, see if maybe McNamara can give you a little bit more out of that quarterback position and kind of just hold off until J.J. McCarthy comes in as a true freshman next year and, and can enter that that quarterback battle. But uh, I think Cade showed – I mean, he finished one of four passing for no, no gain in, in his final four passes, but I think all three of those completions he had on that touchdown drive were all high-level throws and – uh, I mean, if you're wanting to get some of these receivers going, you need a quarterback that can deliver the ball. And I think Cade probably offers uh, more in that regard at, at this point. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll, I'm sure Harbaugh will be asked about this today. Um, but, yeah, that will be – we might already have a, a quarterback controversy on, on our hands. Yeah, I think Cade looked good early. It is important to remember that it was one drive. Uh, mm-hmm. He has shown no tape. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, nothing to go off of. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, 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 and in his, again, if you go back to his high school days, he threw over 12,000 yards in high school in Nevada. He's thrown, he's shown an ability to be that gunslinger and kind of get the ball, um, you know, to d- different guys. And he did that on Saturday. But again, if they end up, you know, going away from Joe Milton, it's another quarterback that Joe Milton or that Jim Harbaugh has brought into Michigan that has not had any, you know, level of success. 
Uh, you can go back to, you know, Jake Rudock, the transfer. He was probably Harbaugh's most productive guy. But since then, Brandon Peters failed, transferred out to Illinois. Uh, Jay Patterson came in. He was fine. But again, he was a transfer. He wasn't recruited. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey opted out, apparently going to transfer. Joe Milton, they've given him a shot. He's regressed. Where does Jim Harbaugh go from here at the quarterback position? You mentioned J.J. McCarthy comes in next year. Will Jim Harbaugh even be here to see it? You know, we'll, we'll see. There's a lot, a lot to, you know, a lot to go off of. There's a lot going on here in, in the quarterback position. I think, you know, if you want to go back in the long list, of, in the long list of Jim Harbaugh's struggles here at Michigan, I mean, the quarterback, the quarterback position and a lack of development there has been a key reason for his underperformance so far. Fodder for future pod. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast.